Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, did you enjoy your weekend? I did. Uh, I'm, I'm a little annoyed that we're, we seemingly are getting closer and closer to football stuff, and then football stuff seemingly keeps pulling away from us the the, the nflpa announcing a pushback on the cba vote i'm just ready for a lot of this stuff to start tumbling into place so we can know what's going on it it feels like we're about a week away from having a lot of information just dumped on us all at one time right Mm -hmm. like as soon as free agency starts what is it next wednesday or whatever Mm -hmm. it is uh we're gonna get news about the cowboys franchising potentially players uh signing signing guys letting guys hit free agency maybe we'll see uh, a bunch of trades happen at that point with, you know, with the new league year starting. Uh, so it, it's about to get really, really busy here over the next couple of weeks. Um, so let's try to enjoy this downtime just because from this point on, it's going to be just hectic if you're a Cowboy fan. Um, let's talk about Dak Prescott because apparently the rest of the Twitter world cares about Dak Prescott's contract way more than I do. Um, well, both of us. Uh, let's Let's talk about it. Uh, according to ESPN's Todd Archer, the Cowboys have upped their offer to Dak Prescott somewhere between $33.5 million to $35 million. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' deal is $33.5, Russell Wilson at $35. It, you know, it feels like the number's probably going to fall somewhere in between there. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys' recent offer to Prescott? You know, I... I, I <laughs> I have a hard time, first of all, you and I have discussed this, I have a hard time caring about the the day-to-day about this stuff, you know, I just, because honestly, first of all, I don't even know, I I don't even know uh, if any of this is real, you know, it it feels like, because to me, and you, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, all of this is pointless until the CBA is done. Nope, you're hundred percent right. I mean, yep. it's just it's it's really even pointless to discuss this until the CBA is done. So, because uh, they're waiting for the CBA to to I mean, whether or not there's more to it than than just this, uh, at the very least, they are waiting for the CBA to uh, inform the structure of this contract. Uh, so. Yeah, and again, it's not just the Cowboys waiting on the no, CBA, right? No. That's why we haven't seen hardly anybody be re-signed yet. We haven't seen Tom Brady, Tom Brady re-sign yeah, with New yeah. England or you know any of the other free agent quarterbacks. It's because everybody is waiting to see what the new CBA is because of the thirty percent rule, which we've talked about before in this podcast. Because if you if you sign it before the CBA comes out, CBA comes out uh, it includes new uh, structures uh, ability, and first of all. There is a limited ability to sign the kind of contract you want right now because of uh, uh, the rules in the uh, last year of the CBA, the 30% rule mm-hmm. and some others. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just – it doesn't make good financial sense to sign an important deal uh, before, right before the rules are about to change, and especially if right. they're about to change in a way that's going to help your ability to kind of spread this cash out, uh, you know, across multiple years. So – Really, it, all these beat writers can 
bring back up and rehash the same you know numbers that they had in September and pretend like it's a new number if they want. Then they can come back and say, well, the numbers increased, and, and they can do that stuff. I mean, everyone can do all that all day until this gets done. But to me, uh, until the CBA gets done and more than 24 hours after the CBA has passed, uh, after the CBA has been signed, has passed, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not worried about this. You know, once the CBA gets signed, then it start. Then it is time to start talk to start. You know, DAC contract watch, Cooper contract watch. But until then, all this should be about whether when the CBA gets signed, and then once the CBA gets signed, then we move into the next kind of section of this off season as to okay, we know what the rules are. Let's see now that the rules are in place, how the Cowboys avail themselves of those rules. I gotta be honest with you. I spend almost no time thinking about the Cowboys re-signing Dak Prescott because it just feels like such a slam dunk to me. Like they're they're going to re-sign him. I, I'm not worried about him hitting free agency. I'm not even really worried about him potentially playing on the franchise tag because that just doesn't happen very often in the NFL. It, it just feels inevitable to me. So I don't feel like it's worth spending a lot of time talking about it on this podcast or using energy to, to tweet about it on Twitter. It just feels like it's going to happen here over the next 10 days, right? Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, no matter what it is, and and I I guarantee you that there's a variety of plans in place depending on what happens with the CBA, uh, the league year, uh, you know, and and by proxy the the 30% rule and also the the tags, you know, because that's also dictated Mm -hmm. by the CBA. You lose both tags if the CBA gets finalized and it supersedes the final year of the of the, of the CBA previous CBA contract, uh, I just think that until that stuff gets sorted out, all of this argument is is not only useless and pointless; it's uninformed because yes. the, because we don't have all the rules yet. It's like Correct. it's like predicting a football game before the league has been assembled. You know, it's like it's yeah, it's yeah. you know you, you, we don't know what the rules are for creating these contracts. And neither do the owners. They have an idea what they kind of what they kind of mean. I think that they know what's in the CBA, but until that gets ratified and that's in place, there's not really much we can do to kind of predict what's going to happen after that because we don't really know enough about the information of what's going on inside the CBA. All right, so a couple of things really quickly before we move on. Um, the NFL Players Association has pushed back the the date which they're going to vote, which is late Saturday night. Uh, it's always great to to make decisions on St. Patrick's Day weekend. I'm, I'm sure that's going to work out well for them. Um, but Thursday is the first day that teams can use the franchise tag and the transition tag. Now, if the new CBA comes in place, the Cowboys would have to remove one of those tags. But uh, what we've kind of been hearing over the last couple of weeks is that the Cowboys don't – they're probably not going to put that transition tag on Amari Cooper, uh, for one, because I think they know that the CBA is going to eventually get passed. And the other reason is – I, I don't think they need to transition them because I think the Cowboys already have a number, and yeah. I think Amari's side already knows the number, and they're just waiting for the CBA to get passed, right? Exactly. So I think it's I think it's another one of these things where, yeah, don't stress if the Cowboys don't use a transition tag on Amari Cooper because they probably already know that he's going to be back, and it's just kind of a pointless exercise, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, just to kind of drive this point home, Justina Anderson literally just tweeted that she got a text from an NFL exec in regards to the looming CBA decision. And quote, it's really hard to do business when you don't know what the rules are. 
you know, and that's right. exactly what's going yep. on is everyone's got placeholders in place. I'm sure that they've got a number and kind of generally an idea of the number of years that they want uh, for both Amari and for Dak. Uh, and I'm sure that the, uh, the agents for those players know kind of generally the structure that the owners want to use for the contract. But until these rules get laid out, they can't talk specifics. And until they can talk specifics, there's no point in talking. You know, the, right. the, the whole point right. of, of this if negotiation is to hammer out the, the details. So until they can actually do that, uh, uh, all this discussion, talk about numbers that they pass back and forth, no one has any idea, and it doesn't make any difference anyways. I cannot wait for the CBA to get passed because I absolutely hate talking about this stuff. Yeah. Like, this is not football to me, right? Yeah. I, I want to talk about the actual stuff that matters, not business stuff. So... Uh, let's go ahead and take a break and let's talk about a mock draft. I'm not sure that matters as much as the CBA, but uh, let's talk some mock draft. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, it is Mock Draft Monday here on uh, Locked on Cowboys. Our friends at the Draft Network put out a new mock draft today. Um, and it, again, it's another interesting mock. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about this mock. Uh, there's a few interesting picks here. And I want to start right at pick number nine. Uh, CJ Henderson goes to the Jaguars uh, after yeah. they traded away AJ Boye uh, a couple days ago. That's not that surprising to me. I think you could certainly see Henderson going higher than maybe we're anticipating. Uh, pick 12 is Henry Ruggs to the Raiders. Uh, you're starting to hear some buzz around the league from some pretty trusted people that Ruggs is going to go high in this draft, and there's a chance that he uh, maybe leapfrogs Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Uh, Derek Brown falls to pick 13. Uh, Jerry Judy goes pick at pick 15. Javon Kinlaw pick 16. And then the Cowboys select Xavier McKinney at number 17. Uh, we spent a lot of talk, time talking about McKinney and how he would fit in here. Uh, I actually want to talk about some of the guys that go after the Cowboys yeah. pick. Uh, Clavon Chase on pick number 18. How would you feel if those two players were on the board and the Cowboys take McKinney over Chase on? I, I wouldn't be thrilled. You know? Neither would I. Um, and I'm not even the biggest Chase on guy, but no. that's to, to me that's an easy one. I like Chase on a lot more than you do probably, and I, 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 I would not like this just because I like McKinney, but I just think that you know, I mean, I think that Chase on's a better is going to be a better pro, mm-hmm. and I also think uh, it it uh, 
there's a chance that you get a quality safety in the second round. Um, you know that you could that you would like almost as much as you, you could like McKinney and, and still get Chase on. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Chase on's talent is pretty great, um, and and I was I would be surprised if uh, uh, if he landed all the way that that far and they just pass on him for McKinney without a trade down. Uh, all right, well, let's let's play this out. So, like, what would the scenarios be that the Cowboys would pass on Chase on in favor of McKinney? Like, would that signal to you that they probably signed Robert Quinn to a long-term deal in free agency and maybe they are confident Randy Gregory is coming back? If that's the case, would would you be okay passing on Chase on? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, the, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of this is all kind of hinged on things standing where they are right now. Uh, post free agency, I may feel a little differently about it. Sure. Um, you know, if they left a specific hole for safety and then, then they filled that hole in the first round, you know, I don't have a general problem with taking McKinney at 17. Uh, I just think that to me, Chase on, you know, has a little more juice as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and, and at least exciting me who, who we pick. Right, so to me that that pick is certainly going to depend on what they do in free agency. And again, if they bring back Robert Quinn, let's say on a three-year deal, it's kind of hard to envision a scenario where you know they're already paying Demarcus Lawrence like a top five defensive end. They just give Robert Quinn a contract. It, it's just tough for me to envision them spending then the seventeenth pick on a you know an edge rusher that's going to sit behind Robert Quinn. I mean, they could certainly do it considering the positional value, but it seems a little bit unlikely right um i do want to talk about some of these other guys right here right ahead of dallas uh derrick brown's the one that's interesting to me at pick 13 he falls as uh the panthers trade down we're gonna have a discussion about derrick brown in in a couple days but at that point if he's there at pick 13 are you willing to give up your third round pick to go get him i mean i'm, I'm probably giving up my second round pick to go to 10 to get him I mean, I'll, Ooh, okay, right? Like, I mean, if, if he if he shows up at ten, like I'm not waiting. Are you? Maybe, and the only reason I'm waiting is because of the the three teams that draft there between the Browns, Jets, and the Raiders. Those guys really don't need interior defenders, so I think I could wait a little bit to grab them. Maybe the Raiders are the one that you could flip with, and you could come up to twelve. But I I, I kind of just don't see him going in that range, considering the Browns have. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, who they gave a big t- big contract to last year. The Jets have uh, Quinn and Williams, who they drafted at number three last year. And then the Raiders have a bunch of guys inside. So I-, I-, I don't know. I think at that point I'm willing to wait a couple more picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if he's falling that far, maybe he goes a little bit further. But I, I – if he if, – if, if there, There's if, no hesitation for you. Absolutely you're giving up not. A third. I mean, if he fell that far, I, I, I'm discussing what it costs. Okay. Um, my next question for you in this mock draft is Henry Ruggs, pick 12. Uh, would that surprise you for him to have, see him leapfrog Jerry Judy in this draft? No, because I think, you know, a lot of that is going to be about about preference, you know, about what you're looking for. I mean, the flavor issue of wide receiver. You know, I, I think they're, Judy and, and, and Ruggs are different players and what they're going to be mm-hmm. used for. Uh, and I think that, you know... Uh, the Raiders are, are clearly generationally known for picking extremely fast players. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some teams 
viewed rugs higher than Jerry Judy just because of of uh, physical attributes. Yeah, so uh, Benjamin Albright and Cecil Lammy, uh, two guys that cover the Broncos uh, pretty extensively, uh, both said that that's their ideal pick at 15, but the sense now is they're going to have to move up to go get him. Uh, there's a lot of teams that have him as their top receiver in this class. There's a lot of teams sitting in you know the 20s that need receivers, uh, specifically the Eagles, the Bills, Jacksonville. They could all go up and try to get Henry Ruggs and add that speed element to their offense. Uh, considering, again, we talked about Kansas City on this podcast a couple of different times. I think teams are going to start trying to replicate that model of just having so much speed on, on the field that it makes them difficult to defend. Um, let's go ahead and go to the second round of this mock draft. Uh, the Cowboys at pick 51 take interior defensive line, lineman Justin Matabuke, who we talked about last week on the podcast. Um, we felt like that might be a little high for Matabuke, uh, but discuss that fit with the Cowboys. How, how do you see Matabuke fitting into this defense? I, I mean, I think he's not a terrible fit, especially considering that you, you've got such a need at, at interior defensive line at this point, and pass rush specifically. Um, you know, I think he comes in and he, at the very least, can come in and, and be a, uh, at the very, very least, be a sub-package, you know, rusher, interior rusher, um, if he if he can't come in right away and, and start full-time as an interior guy. Uh, but I, I think, I think you know, he has the ability to kind of develop into a, a guy that you can put out there for the majority of your snaps eventually and, and, and be a guy that uh, uh, will cause some disruption and, and, and kind of in in concert with uh, uh, with the rest of the guys on your defensive line, we'll be able to, to make some hay. I, I just, I mean, I, I think, you know, my my biggest issue uh, with him is that he, I, I feel like he he needs to kind of avail himself of his skill set a little better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I, I just think that uh, a little bit of coaching will help there, you know, and we have some good coaching, so. I just don't want to rely on him right away. Like that's, he's that's somebody the issue. I'd rather. Yeah, I mean, I think he can be a guy that that would be great to draft and then put in a rotation as a guy, and then Correct. eventually by the end of maybe season the first season or the start of your second season, you start to see a guy who's developed into a full time starter or is a reliable you know part of your defense. So um, this one makes sense to me. Like if the Cowboys bring back like Malik Collins on a one year deal, sure, right? Yeah, you bring him back, and then okay, you put Matabike in the rotation, let him fight with Tristan Hill for snaps, and then when Collins leaves in twenty twenty one, at least you have some you know a couple guys with experience that you're excited about. But if he's coming in to be a full time starter, uh, I don't love that. Yeah, immediately that that would be rough. I think probably. Yep. All right, at pick 82, the Cowboys select uh, edge Russian Julian Okora from Notre Dame. Uh, we have not talked about him yet on this podcast. We're going to have to before the um, the the draft gets here. I know our friend John Owning is a big fan. Uh, but in general, Landon, with this mock draft, how realistic do you think it is? Because I have my doubts that the Cowboys are going to go uh, in the first three rounds without drafting a cornerback considering – you know, Awuzie and Jordan Lewis are free agents after the year, and then after that, you have nobody on your roster uh, that can play corner. So, how realistic does this mock feel to you? Uh, you mean uh, overall? Uh, yeah, just in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it seems. And look, I love Kyle. You know, Kyle Krabs, and he's, I think yeah. he's great. And I, I, I think it's rough having to do mock drafts, you know, regularly, weekly, before free agency, and you know. So, 
uh, you know, I think that he's he's doing a, he did a great job of trying to fit all the pieces. You know, I I, I think it's it's incredibly incredibly difficult to make a, in a, um, an accurate mock draft before sure. free agency. You know, what so, what, I, what I would say about this one is this is like your worst case scenario mock, right? This is like the floor. Right, because sure. I have a feeling McKinney's going to be there at seventeen. At least we think so. I feel really good that Matabike is going to be there at fifty-one, and Julian Acora. That's probably his range. So this, to me, is if everything if you're wiped off the board, this is probably what your first three rounds looks like, right? So this is the floor, and I feel okay about that. Yeah, I mean, this is like the the non-exciting, but you know, okay, that's fine. Draft, you know, it's, it's like yep. that, that works. So uh, you know, McKinney is not a I think I would feel more. I feel better and more excited about McKinney if we fill a bunch of holes in, in free agency. You know, absolutely. I, yes. I, I think that's. I think that's the thing is that e- even the kind of regular guys that we've seen drafted to us over and over again, they get like a new sheen once you've seen what you've done in free agency. To, Correct. Because it, Correct. It, it gets that added bonus of okay, that completes the picture. Now I know what I'm well, looking at. And here's the thing, like let's let's say the Cowboys in free agency, they bring back Anthony Brown, they bring in another low level starter, you know, somebody who could be a cornerback three or four, and then they sign a Marcel Darius in free, in free agency. I feel a lot better about the McKinney pick then than I do now, and I, I think those are certainly realistic things that could happen with the Cowboys, right? Sure. If you get McKinney there after filling defensive tackle mm-hmm. cornerback. Okay, I, I'm good with that. I, I, I'm fine with that selection. And even Matabuke makes more sense at 51. So it, it, it is incredibly hard to do these mock drafts ahead of free agency, especially with the Cowboys this year, considering the number of free agents they have. Uh, you, you just have no idea where, gonna, where they're going to go. Um, but it does feel like this is kind of the maybe low end of what the Cowboys might do come April, correct? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's just, it, it, at the very least, it's showing you Hey, this is a very uh, uh, likely. You know, it's very could could happen. A very high a high likelihood scenario uh, that everyone should kind of be prepared for, right? Because I think, uh, you know, yeah, I don't want to necessarily call it worst case scenario, but it's uh, a likely scenario that is something that everyone should kind of keep in their mind as potentially being the outcome. Yes, I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these mock draft changes change over the next two weeks. Again, free agency starts on the 18th. Uh, we'll have another mock draft Monday coming up, and I'm sure the picks are going to be wildly different. Yeah. Not only for the Cowboys, but for every team inside the top 20. Uh, we'll get a better picture of what the the first round layout might look like. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. You can send your questions to us uh, at Marcus Mosier, at Locked on Cowboys. But if you want to send them uh, on iTunes to our Locked on Cowboys uh, account, you can do that as well. Make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB. Again, follow the Locked on Cowboys Twitter account at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.